Oh my god! Did you hear about this? They're serpents in human Did skin. You hear about this? You hear you about hear this? this? You hear about this? The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 Fear is only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is September 4th, 2020. This is episode 239. And today, prophecies of the AI Jesus. That's right, folks. And bleep, bleep, bloop. I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome back to another episode that we record live on many different platforms. Waiting for Twitch to come online. It doesn't look like it's connected yet. From my yeah, end, it's connected. Anyway. Is I'm it? watching it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Nobody in the chat, though. That's weird. It's not coming through the chat. Yeah, weird how Twitch chat is not coming through. Yeah. Huh. Very, very low numbers again. I don't know. Man, YouTube just doesn't like us. But anyway, if you guys are here live, thank you so much for joining us. And if you're listening later, then you're going to get the clean audio version with no hiccups or drop-offs or other issues that uh we battle yeah we may have fixed the uh the buffering problem no guarantees but we're trying our best and guns maybe maybe when uh i don't know maybe you can click around try to get the chat going through the twitch that is strange but anyways we're back guns any news from the past couple days and your anything important we need to know about your life uh Pray for us because we still have no AC and it's supposed to be very hot here over the weekend. So that is crazy, man. Yeah. Our landlord is just uh, not really nice to us. No, <laughs> we've been, be we've careful. Been asking, you don't want to start an online war against your landlord. Well, we've been asking for the, for them to fix our uh, AC for a couple years now. It's been it's been an uphill battle. It's their mm. property. A you know? couple of years. You haven't had years. air conditioning in a couple of years. Well, kind of. I mean, we're just failing. It, Slow decline. Yeah. Well, we found out that the uh, the refrigerant is basically illegal now. It's a it's a unit from 1994. So mm-hmm. uh, the the refrigerant that they're using because of the environmental laws and stuff. Is, oh yeah, your California yeah. environmental laws. Yeah, climate change laws. So now, in 2010, they made it illegal, and then now in 2020, it's like literally illegal to ship. So you can still buy it for old machines, but it costs way more. And so our, uh, you know, our landlord's trying to save money because they don't want to fix oh a 26 gosh. year old AC unit right, and pay so a lot Gons of money. Is sweating it, sweating it out over there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yes, we'll pray for your uh, air conditioner. Maybe it will resurrect for you. Yeah, hopefully. I'm still not getting chat here from Twitch. I don't know. Oh, there's Twitch on the screen anyway. I don't know if the chat's working, but yeah, good. Good stuff. Great. (laughs) Well, are you going to ask me what else is new? Oh, yeah, sure, Basil. What, What else is new with your... Uh, endeavors to uh, become the first podcaster in a mech suit. Don't be so specific. Don't be so... I got a Twitter, Gons. That's the whole thing. That's my first step. I've uh, I've got a Twitter. Well, I've had the Twitter for five years, but uh, all I've had on it is automatic uploads of uh, the Joyspiracy theory, but I'm officially there. 
It's renamed. I'm there. And uh, that's a whole different world, Gons. I don't know how you've been doing it for so long. I feel like I'm uh, I'm still struggling to find my Twitter voice, you know, <laughs> try to figure out exactly it's, what sort of it's not good for you brand I'm I'm bringing to the to the Twitter sphere. Uh, so far, my uh, my Twitter life has been a mixture of uh, harassing Elon Musk for money. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I, you know, it's dangerous. You know, it's too, it's too much of a a quick thing, you know, a quick process tweeting because I just randomly got bored last night and started, there's a new uh, show out, uh, for HBO max called raised by wolves. And it's very sort of Luciferian and, uh, human alien seeding and, this whole thing. I haven't watched it yet. That's just what I've gathered from what I can see. Um, and so I just kind of hijacked the the trending hashtag raised by wolves for a while um, and, uh, you know, shared some some facts, talked about the Uyghurs for a little bit in China, talked about central banking, um, a little bit about Epstein, you know, just throwing it into the the trending hashtag just just to you know, add to the conversation not very fruitful endeavor, but there's that. And then, uh, other than that, just nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it and working on it guns. I have been sort of pestering, uh, uh, prosthesis racing mechs. Uh, the, that is the, uh, company that I'm trying to become a mech pilot for. Um, and you know, on the last show, uh, I talked about how, you know, I think we can make that happen. I think, uh, you know, between all the YouTube channels and the download numbers on the podcast and things like that, uh, I was pretty confident that we could get me in for some mech pilot lessons without having to pay the $13,000. But I looked at their of the other people who have gotten free lessons, and one of them is an Olympic athlete, which I can't quite measure up to. <laughs> But there was another influencer, another, uh, you know, YouTube channel person. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I can leverage Face Like the Sun YouTube channel uh, to try to get in there. Well, no, I checked this guy out. He's called The Hacksmith. And he's kind of a builder type guy. Um, and he has 9.5 million subscribers on <laughs> YouTube. Awesome. So kind of in a different uh, league <laughs> I think I can break into right now. So I don't know. I'm going to keep trying though. I've been pestering uh, prosthesis robotics. They have yet to pay any attention to me. They, uh, they did like a tweet that I tweeted. Now here's the thing. The problem is, uh, first of all, since yay or two days ago, when I booted up the Twitter again, um, I have gotten uh, over 200 new followers. Is that what they're called on Twitter? Followers. Yeah. Yeah. Over 200 new followers and uh, the the prosthesis racing mech company has like 800 now. And I'm thinking I need to get above their number for them to really pay attention to me, you know? Yeah. Right, so that I need everybody's help. If you have a Twitter, you need to follow me at Basil underscore Rosewater. Follow me there. Help me. It's you'll really be helping me out. I need to uh, get the attention of this this mech racing league so I can pursue my life goal of becoming a mech pilot slash robot jocks. Yeah. Um, every time I send a little chat thing out, I do get a little X under the uh, 
the Twitch thing. I get a connection error. Oh so yeah, no, not. I'm connected. wondering if I disconnect and connect again. Hmm. Would that maybe would just that Twitter? It? Could you do it with just, you just Twitter? You mean just Twitch? What? You mean just Twitch? Yes. Not Twitter. Sorry, got Twitter on the brain. Yeah, let me try this. It might mess with Twitch for a moment, but I turned it off here and I'm All right, turning stick it back Stick around, on. Twitchy Sorry, people, Twitch folks. And don't worry, we're going to get to the show here in a second. You know, yeah, it's, we're just trying to get another the, uh, one of these low number days, just for a peek behind the curtain for people. There um, we go. When we're when we're live streaming, we kind of need to stall for a couple of minutes, but at the beginning of the show to let everybody join. Um, and, uh, that just doesn't seem to be happening. The past two episodes we've had have been extremely no low numbers, uh, specifically from YouTube. So I, there's some more shadow banning and stuff going on there, I think, which is another reason why you need to follow us on multiple platforms in order to uh, make sure you catch the show. I think okay. it worked. Yeah. I think you fixed, fixed it. it. You did it. Good job. You did it. I clicked buttons rightly. You know what that means? Lippy update. It's time for a Flippy Update. Flippy Update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, folks, so it's time for your Flippy Update for the day. For those who don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use it as a conversation, not just about disembodied robot arms but how robots and ai are making their way into our lives without us even noticing and cons oh man if there's ever been a flippy update that really directly affects me this is it <laughs> you know okay it, it says uh this is from newatlas.com and the headline is indian robot Climbs trees to harvest coconuts. Ooh. Oh, no. My long family tradition uh -oh. of climbing coconut trees is uh, about to be taken over by the robots. Um, let's see. The article reads, as the population increasingly moves toward tech jobs, there's now a shortage of coconut harvesters in India. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's why scientists there have built a tree climbing coconut harvesting robot that could perhaps someday take up the slack <laughs> like they're really tempering expectations yeah it could perhaps someday take up some of the slack <laughs> so i don't know maybe coconut harvesters are safe but the prototype device was created by a team at amrita vishwa vidyapim thumb university led by assistant professor rajesh kanan uh, megalingam known as Amaran. It's currently in its sixth incarnation. Oh, see, we had to use incarnation because it's from India guns. Mm -hmm. Get it? Like reincarnation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And has been in development for three years. In a 15-minute process, users start by manually assembling the robot's ring-shaped body around the base of the coconut tree, utilizing its eight upward-facing omnidirectional rubber wheels. Amaran then makes its way up to the top. A user wirelessly controls it from the ground, utilizing either a joystick unit or a smartphone app to move it up and down and to rotate it around the trunk. Once the robot has reached the coconuts... Its arm is extended and positioned at the base of a bunch of ripe coconuts. Utilizing a circular saw blade on the end of an arm, Amaran then cuts through the base, allowing the coconuts to fall to the ground. In field tests conducted at a coconut farm, 
Oh, I'm glad they found a coconut farm in India to test this robot. <laughs> the robot successfully climbed up trees uh, up to 15.2 meters. That's about 50 feet in height with trunk inclinations of up to 30 degrees. Additionally, while human coconut harvesters were found to work faster, Amaran could work for longer, potentially making up the difference. And there you go. They got a little video there. Not a whole lot of great footage in the video. Uh, but I think, don't worry, breathe easy, sleep sound, coconut harvesters. Um, this still requires, a, you know, a remote control, a pilot. Ooh, you know, if the racing mech pilot doesn't work out for me, I could always pilot the coconut harvesting robot. I can picture monkeys just getting mad and just kicking <laughs> these things down. Imagination. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is where the robot war begins. Not between humans and robots, but between monkeys and robots fighting over coconuts. Yeah. Oh man. This is how <laughs> as it is written, so it shall be. There is a, a mechanical arm with like a razor blade at the on the end of it that you can see uh yeah. in the video here. Circular that, saw. Uh, circular saw, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a clunky robot, which, you know, they've been working on it for three years. I feel like they should be a little bit further ahead. Get some AI in that sucker. Yeah, little little difference in funding over there in India compared to Silicon Valley. Yeah, just uh, a little bit. I'll be no rush. But there you go, Gon. So, yeah, it, uh, coconut harvesters, you're not in any immediate danger of losing your jobs. Apparently, kind of similar to uh, the U.S., you know, education and, and uh, job prospects are so geared towards tech now that some of uh, some of the, the dirty jobs, as they're called, are going unfilled. So you might be, you know, coconut harvesting might become a pretty lucrative gig. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're specialized and all the kids coming out of tech school, uh, decide that that's not how they want to spend their days up in the trees. I like how it takes like seven, six or seven people to set it up, you know, like around <laughs> the tree. It's like, just get one guy running up there. It might it's be kind of like a, a Caltrans <laughs> type yeah. of situation. You know, you got Bob digging the hole, but then you need Steve to, uh, to supervise you need larry to uh you know be there for union reasons you need a you need a few guys to dig a hole okay well that's good at least we're making progress with the robot uh harvesting farm mm-hmm. harvesting material yeah all right cool well uh we got a bunch of uh quick updates here and um let's see jingle for that And we have a few headlines here with 33. 33 is the number of completion of the Great War. DeSotoTimes.com, COVID-19 in Mississippi. MSDH reports 781 new cases, 33 deaths on Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. Classic. Deaths. Yeah, classic. Classic 33 death. Uh, another headline from... What is this? Oops. Lex. CH.com September starts with large spike in COVID-19 cases. 33 reported on Wednesday. Classic. For Dawson County. Watch out, Dawson. Uh, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, know. is that where Dawson's Creek is? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then this one was really interesting. This is from StarTribune.com. Portugal young climate activists take 33 countries to court. Six young Portuguese activists launched 
Thursday, a European human rights case against 33 countries in the latest legal effort to force governments to step up their fight against climate change. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's not signaling, I don't know what is. Right. (laughs) How many countries are we going to go after? Uh, 33. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's a good ritual number to, uh, you know. Yeah. Get your message across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll really get all those Freemasons to start, you know, uh, working on fighting climate change like they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Sarcasm. Okay. Um, the other thing that I wanted to uh, give you guys an update on is concerning COVID here. COVID. I'll spare everybody with the uh, the toilet flushing sound effect. Oh, thank you. Uh oh, yeah. does that mean it's another toilet yeah, related? Yeah, yeah. You know, thing? it's funny. We've been on this, and you know, people just catch up to what we've reported. But this is QZ.com. <laughs> Cities are using poop to look for early COVID nineteen outbreaks. We warned you. We warned you. They're gonna get mm. into our poop yeah. to try to to find it. So far, COVID nineteen testing has failed miserably to track the progress of the pandemic in the U.S. Not everyone who has the virus can access swab-based diagnostic tests, and once they do, their results are often massively delayed by scheduling bottlenecks or short-stock supplies. But scientists are hoping that a simple fact of life will complement swab testing. Everybody poops. Uh, In cities across the U.S., ranging from Boston, Massachusetts, in, in the Northeast, to Las Vegas, Nevada, in the Southeast, scientists are working with public health officials to conduct wastewater based epidemiology research early in the pandemic showed that people infected with SARS-CoV-2 shed bits of the virus's genetic material in their feces. So by measuring the viral load in sewage, public health officials can get an idea of how prevalent the coronavirus is within a community. You know, it's interesting. We reported on the company that was doing this in Israel. Notice how it came from Israel. Now it's here. Uh, a pattern perhaps oh, of various other yeah, things. So they're expanding it to the U S yeah. does this mean soon for COVID testing? We'll get to mail a stool sample. <laughs> I don't know. You know, if- that is some COVID testing. I think some people <laughs> would be down for yeah, I'm sure you'd fake it with like cat cat poop or something, and they're like <laughs> your feline you mail, mail your stool. Uh, oh, you know, gosh. you get to send a message and comply with testing uh, regulations. Oh my gosh! Okay, and if that wasn't <laughs> enough, if this update wasn't enough, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit the headline here because I don't want to fully read what it says because it's just it's just not appropriate for this show. Uh-oh. But this. Businessinsider.com. This smart toilet can read your uh, your your your, your behind. behind. Yeah, like a fingerprint. Say scientists. Ooh. This is actually from April. But like a fingerprint. Oh, like gosh. a fingerprint. <laughs> oh no. I'll read some of the po- the bullet points here. Stanford researchers are developing a smart toilet that uses biometrics to identify people's butts and analyze their poop. Yeah, because that's just what everybody wants is a camera in their toilet. (laughs) The toilet is meant to detect, quote, a range of disease marker in stool and urine, including multiple types of cancer. I'm sure this will be adapted for the coronavirus. Uh, It's been tested on 21 people. Researchers also surveyed 300 prospective users, and roughly half said they were comfortable with the idea. The other half said, did not get surveyed for this. (laughs) Strange. Uh... Stanford University scientists. They got nothing better to do. But uh, <laughs> that's our, our research money going to yeah. a good 
place. Surveil our uh, our other end. So yeah, there you great. go. That's um, some updates. And they're uh, obsessed. They seem very obsessed with this sort of scatological uh, <laughs> identification. <laughs> I just, I'm imagining, you know, doing some kind of lineup, you know, and it's like, oh, was that gosh. you in there? I'm like, no, no officer. Yeah. It's going to be part of mug shots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, oh, uh, I just, I, I don't want to go on with that analogy because okay, you know let's move on. Let's, let's Guns, on. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This is from uh, threatpost.com. <laughs> this is a crazy outlet. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Threat post. I think it's like a security, um, like a cybersecurity blog, but let's get into it. Hey. This was pre- some pretty exciting news, Gons. Uh, the, the Edward Snowden case had an update recently. Yep. And of course, this is, uh, you know, sort of a, a seminal um, issue for us. And uh, I think a lot of people concerned with security, cybersecurity, government spying, stuff like that. Really, it was the situation that caused uh, a revolution in regular people paying attention to our uh, our privacy as far as the government's concerned. Um, and the headline is titled NSA Mass Surveillance Program Illegal U.S. court rules. So we finally have a ruling on the NSA uh, just doing mass surveillance of American citizens. Uh, The NSA argued its mass surveillance program stopped terrorist attacks, but a new U.S. court ruling found that this is not and may have even been unconstitutional. Oh, this is not and may have even been unconstitutional. So maybe uh, it is not constitutional is what they meant. Moving on. A U.S. federal appeals court ruled that the controversial National Security Agency mass surveillance program exposed in 2013, that was right after we started Canary Cry Radio, was illegal and may have been unconstitutional. The call comes seven years after former NSA contractor and whistleblower Edward Snowden outed the mass surveillance program which enabled snooping in on millions of American phone calls in a bombshell leak that drew widespread worries about privacy. Quote, seven years ago, as the news declared I was being charged as a criminal for speaking the truth, I never imagined that I would live to see our courts condemn the NSA's activities as unlawful and in the same ruling credit me for exposing them, Snowden said on Twitter Wednesday. Oh, maybe I should talk to Snowden on Twitter. After Snowden in his 2013 exposed the NSA's phone record collection program, many argued for the program, saying it had successfully thwarted terrorist attacks. Uh, Representative Mike Rogers, a Michigan Republican who chairs the House Intelligence Committee, for instance, said that the NSA surveillance program had stopped more than 50 terrorist attacks uh then they have their his tweet there not important the nsa for its part echoed claims uh the nsa for its part echoed claims program had helped foil terrorist attacks pointing to a specific case against bazali maulin a somali immigrant who was convicted of conspiring to support terrorist group al-shabaab however in an appeals case for maulin as well as three other somali immigrants who supported terrorist organizations the u.s court of appeals for the ninth circuit on wednesday ruled that the illegally collected phone records actually 
actually did not play a pivotal role in the case. In fact, the court ruled that the collection of Americans' phone records was actually illegal and may have also violated the Fourth Amendment, which gives Americans security against unreasonable searches and seizures. Quote, the panel affirmed the convictions of four members of the Somali diaspora for sending or conspiring to send $10,900 to Somalia to support a foreign terrorist organization in an appeal that raised complex questions regarding the U.S. government's authority to collect bulk data about its citizens' activities under the auspices of a foreign intelligence investigation, as well as the rights of a criminal defendant when the prosecution uses information derived from foreign intelligence services. Surveillance. Oh, that was that was one sentence. Yes, yes. surveillance, not service. Yes, surveillance. surveillance. This week, privacy advocates such as the ACLU praised the ruling. Quote: This ruling, which confirms what we have always known, is a victory for our privacy rights, according to the American Civil Liberties Union on Twitter Wednesday. Alex Abdo, litigation director with Knight First Amendment Institute, noted on Twitter that the court held that the government must provide notice to criminal defendants prosecuted with evidence that's been derived from NSA surveillance. In, quote, perhaps the court's most unprecedented and therefore significant move, the quote continues, the work to rein in overreaching NSA surveillance is far from over, but it's worth pausing to consider that nearly all the progress we've made has come because of disclosures criminalized by a law, the Espionage Act, that makes no exception for disclosures in the public interest, he said. Snowden, for his part, still faces uh, of espionage charges in the U.S. In 2013, after Snowden leaked thousands of classified documents top uh, about top-secret surveillance programs to journalists that shed light on U.S. spying efforts, the U.S. Department of Justice charged him for violating the espionage Act and for stealing government property, for which he faces at least 30 years in jail. The U.S. has also sued Snowden over his new memoir, alleging he published the book in violation of non-disclosure agreements signed with both the CIA and NSA. So there you go, kind of a victory. It's not often we uh, uh, we get to hear victories in this uh, world, uh, much less the you know security world uh, when it comes to government surveillance. Uh, so officially considered uh, illegal what the NSA was doing, which is a big step. Now, uh, doesn't the, the fact that uh, this all happened in 2013 and it was a totally different world and there you know, are now other concerns to worry about is not lost on me, but it is nice just to have that little trophy we get to put in the case, Gons. Yeah, uh, whether you believe Snowden was a plant to release this information or not, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I don't know either way, but the fact, I don't think he should go to jail for this, but they're, uh, they're definitely trying to nail him down on, on being a snitch. Uh, yeah. It was kind of sad. Cause even, you know, even the sort of Patriot type, uh, people in some cases were even, uh, harsher on Snowden than, right. Uh, than anybody. Uh, but it kind of shows the complexity, you know, uh, that kind of screws with the left-right paradigm, you know, yeah. uh, or at least shows that there are shades in between or removing yourself entirely from the paradigm uh, is what we believe right. is the the answer. The narrow path. Yeah. And, and the uh, it's it's interesting because, yeah, seven years later, they finally announced that it's illegal, but 
as the article states, there's, you know, if we're seven years behind in a public situation like this, then how much more ahead are they on actual surveillance? And, you know, I mean, who knows if you've gone restroom in the public, they might already have information that you thought was private based on some, uh, some other, you know, stories that we read earlier. But, uh, the other thing I did have one more point. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm I'm losing it. I'm losing Uh my mind. Uh Oh, it has something to do with, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what do you think about the timing of this? I'm trying to figure out if there's any specific timing uh, clues going on. Um, you know, Maybe. when you consider the civil unrest, the potential uh, yeah. oh, full-on civil war. Okay, I remember. Yeah, that reminded me. Okay, so uh, part of the the argument for these programs, the NSA spy programs and stuff, was you know taking down terrorists or domestic terrorists or foreign terrorists or whatever. And, you know, we've talked about before many times how a lot of what the FBI takes down, you know, the FBI taking down, you know, terrorist attacks or whatever uh, are instigated or propagated or influenced by the FBI themselves. You know, they usually spin up some some type of situation where somebody, be, you know, admits to some kind of terrorist activity only because they're being egged on by infiltrators and and whatnot from the FBI themselves. And so, uh, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of the arguments for or against are like you mentioned, the gray areas. It's, it's, (laughs) it's very much meant to continue the divide and conquer methodology here, because obviously if you're stepping away from the whole situation, it's like, yeah, this whole entire thing is bad. But when you get into, when you get lost in political, uh, jargon, so to speak, you, you start taking one side or one over another based on something a, a, a you know a rep- representative of a Republican party says or whatever mm-hmm. like whatever whatever the situation is and in this situation here it you know the ACLU breaking this this whole thing uh, or at least uh, you know Edward Snowden retweeting the ACLU given the history of the ACLU and what they've been involved in kind of ridiculous I think I mean sure you know. I, Anybody that would look at this objectively would say, yeah, not cool that they spied on Americans. Uh, but I don't know. The ACLU trying to stand for that is kind of, I don't know. It doesn't seem very. Uh, well, again, it's the complexity of the situation. You know, p- privacy from government spying is something that for the most part, any free thinking per- person, whether they're on the left or the right or, or disconnected from the left right paradigm altogether, can agree that government spying is not the coolest thing. Now, of course, there are people who love it. And <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, they're just freaky like that. You know, they want somebody watching all the time. They were they would probably get the uh, the, the toilet sensor. Um the interesting thing about this as well is there's talk of uh, Trump pardoning Snowden, which would be a huge development. But uh, I think the chances of that are pretty slim. I'm trying to remember. I, be- I believe that uh, Trump spoke out against Snowden back when it happened, even before he was uh, you know, in politics at all. I think uh, there's quotes of him calling Snowden a traitor, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Once you get political, you're going to you're going to find yourself in a mixed bag of emotions that you can't quite sort out unless you right. just repeat what your favorite politician says. 
Yep. All right. Uh, all right. Moving on here. Oh, it's a new world order. It's here. By the way, I do want to mention, I'm actually kind of excited for this show, Gons, because we're kind of kicking it old school a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And by that, I mean, the entire show is not about race wars or COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that's nice. I'm kind of excited to catch up on some of the stuff happening that uh, was part of the original plan for the show. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, This was, uh, well, this is kind of COVID related, but uh, we, we talked about the, the lady who was arrested or taken into custody anyway for in Australia last mm-hmm. episode for yeah, making Aussies a Facebook having post. trouble down there. Yeah. So this guy here posted a, a video of him also getting taken down or taken out, or at least, uh, I don't know, arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I won't play the audio here. I'll play the video. For, well, I tried to mute that, Ooh. but it kept playing. Okay. Um, so yeah, th- he's on his balcony and he, all these officials are like at his door telling him, Hey, you violated the same violation as the lady. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're telling him like, Oh, it's because of the, the Facebook post. And you can hear him say, I told people not to go like his whole thing. I guess I haven't double checked it, but he was saying, yeah, I was telling people not to go to any kind of rally. So now it's who like said this, this, the guy, the gentleman who was being taken into custody or, oh, or okay. handcuffed or whatever. He just mentions under his under his breath, like I I said not to go to the rallies. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and but then they force their way in, and uh, it gets not violent per se, but it gets uh, a little out of control at the end when he's walking down and he's cursing at them and and uh, so again uh, and, and you know I'm trying to read through some of the comments here uh, in response to this video. And some people saying that like, oh, you know, you signed a contract or you're part of the contract if you uh, use something like Facebook and this and that or social contract. I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about. Do you, Basil, when it comes to like social media and posting things in Australia anyway? You know, that that is one uh, area of knowledge that I do not have a lot of info on. Okay. Um, Either way, I think it's pretty out of control that they're, they're still, you know trying to yeah lock people it's, down or whatever it's for, gonna get worse before it gets better man it's crazy over there yeah so anyway uh poor Aussies. kind of a yeah poor aussies kind of a quick update on that that stuff because uh this hit my feed and you know another another guy allegedly uh getting in trouble for a facebook post yeah classic yeah all right let's um let's check in with uh crisper gone <laughs> Cast nine. Cast nine. Okay, I'm over here at nature.com. The article is titled CRISPR Babies Are Still Too Risky, says Influential Panel. Uh, editing genes in human embryos could one day prevent some serious genetic disorders from being passed down from parents to their children. But for now, the technique is too risky to be used in embryos destined for implantation, according to a high-profile international commission. And even when the technology is mature, its use should initially be permitted in only a narrow set of circumstances, the panel says. The recommendations released in a report on 3rd of September 
number were produced by experts in 10 countries convened by the U.S. National Academy of Medicine, the U.S. National Academy of Sciences, and the U.K. Royal Society. The document joins a wealth of reports compiled in recent years that have argued against using gene editing in the clinic until researchers are able to address safety worries. And the public has had a chance to comment on ethical and societal concerns. Quote, the technology is not presently ready for clinical applications, says Richard Lifton, president of the Rockefeller University in New York City and co-chair of the commission. The report, which reviewed the scientific and technical state of heritable gene editing rather than ethical questions, advocates the formation of an international committee to evaluate developments in the technology and advise national advisory groups and regulators on its safety and utility. The commission was formed after Chinese biophysicist He Jingkui shocked the world in 2018 by announcing, wow, that was already two years ago? Yeah, That's crazy. crazy. Almost three years ago. Yeah. By announcing that he had edited human embryos that were implanted in an effort to make the resulting children resistant to HIV infection. The work, which was widely condemned by scientists and yieldly, uh, yielded prison sentences for He and two of his colleagues, led to the the birth of two children with edited genomes. We have not heard much about these uh, these children. They're they're getting old now, man. They're two or three years old. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All although genome editing technologies, uh, and then it kind of just goes into the conversation um, of the risks of gene editing and uh, passing that down through the generation and the unknown long term effects, which we're all pretty familiar with uh with those arguments there uh you know gons i actually did have somebody send me something on twitter whoa uh about a recent development in crispr designer babies um being worked on for uh sickle cell purposes sickle cell is a, a blood disease that mainly happens in uh, african-american folk and you yeah. know it again it kind of made me uncomfortable because it's like well, no crispr is dangerous nobody use crispr we're internationally banning using crispr on embryos and then this other group is like well we can test it on black people right no, well, no, no, no. You, uh, you, you forget that we reported on that, like, I don't know, 15, yeah, 20 episodes ago. Well, there's, did you say 20 years ago? No, 20 episodes ago. Oh, and it, yeah, it was well, actually there's... a lady that came out. I remember she was saying that she had the, the, uh, some of the treatment done mm -hmm. and, and she was all happy about it and, you know, saying like, yeah, oh, CRISPR saved my life and all this kind of stuff. Well, the they PR. must be, yeah, they must be, uh, uh, going through it again because uh, this was a new a new thing that I had seen where they're loosening regulations on that particular use of the technology. Mm. Um, so yeah, there you go. Oh, let me see if I can pull it up here. I'm trying. I, I'm not fully. Don't know how to work this Twitter thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's at uh, Technology Review, which is MIT Technology Review. And it says here, the staged rollout of gene-modified babies could start with sickle cell disease. Um, so they are at least planning a staged rollout for how this is... Uh, how this is going to unfold. And of course, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know our feelings about uh, gene editing children, inheritable traits, 
Uh, it's not the greatest idea, we believe. And, you know, there was a period there where there was little to no scientific resistance uh, <laughs> yeah. regarding, you know, actually going through with some of these experiments. Luckily, I'm happy to see that the world is sort of pushing back, but it also is very suspicious. It's always very suspicious well, when international groups start uh, getting involved with things. Yeah. So a couple things first in my, in my wild, uh, insane fantasy world, I'd like to think that these officials were listening to Canary cry news talk and they heard us play jingles crazy. Stop this progress before it is too late. And they were like, (laughs) you know what? They have a point. Mm -hmm. Uh, the second thing is we've mentioned this before as well. It's a, it's a important point to consistently bring up with the topic of CRISPR, but the more they're like, Hey, we're not ready. It's dangerous the more that they're going to perfect the technology so that they can release it and so that they can make it public and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's like a small bump in the road. It's, it's like, it's like holding back a tidal wave, you know, like, Hey, we stopped it for a bit, but now they're just going to go back to the, to the, you know, I don't know the, the science room. (laughs) That sounds ridiculous. The old science room room and, uh, you know, perfect the technology so that uh, they can get past the barriers and they can start, you know, bringing it back like it was in the days of Noah. Yeah. Thank you to uh, Peace the DJ on Twitter for sending that to me. Cool. Um, cool. Okay. What's next? Uh, this is a, a an interesting story that I think we can uh, harp on those for a little f- bit. Those are my favorite kind of stories. We are in deep fake. We are in deep fake. Japantoday.com. Pick this one on purpose because I always like a, an international perspective on certain things happening in the United States here. Microsoft unveils deep fake detector ahead of U.S. election. Ooh. Yeah. Good old convenient Microsoft. Convenient timing. Convenient, convenient timing. Uh, and I'll share some theories about all this in a moment here. San Francisco, yeah. Microsoft has unveiled software that can help spot deep fake photos or videos adding to the list of programs designed to fight the hard-to-detect images ahead of the U.S. presidential election. The video authenticator software analyzes an image for each frame of a video looking for evidence of a manipulation that can even be invisible to the naked eye. Deep fakes are photos, videos, or audio clips altered using artificial intelligence to appear authentic and are already targeted by initiatives on Facebook and Twitter. Quote, they could appear to make people say things they didn't or be places uh, or to be places they weren't, said a company blog, uh, company blog post. Microsoft said it has partnered with the AI Foundation in San Francisco to make the video authentication tool available to political campaigns, news outlets and others involved in the democratic process. Deep fakes are part of the world of online disinformation, which experts have warned can carry misleading or completely false messages. Fake posts that appear to be real are particular concern ahead of the U.S. presidential election in November, especially after false social media posts exploded in number during the 2016 vote that brought Donald Trump to power. Mm-hmm. Microsoft also announced it built technology into its Azure cloud computing platform that lets creators of photos and videos add data in the background that can be used to check whether images has been altered like metadata 
the technology titan said it plans to test the program with media organizations, including the BBC and the New York Times. Microsoft is also working with the University of Washington and others on helping people be more savvy when it comes to distinguishing misinformation from reliable facts. Quote, practical media knowledge can enable us all to think critically about the context of media and become more engaged citizens while still appreciating satire and parody. The Microsoft post wow. said. So, uh, yeah, I've been getting a lot of uh, messages about the recent Biden speech. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I was watching this thing and, uh, the, the biggest feed for the, uh, Joe Biden speech from the 2020 DNC convention uh, which was uh, people called, uh, you know, a glorified Zoom call, um, yeah. was uh, on NBC News, the NBC News channel. It has over a million views. It was published on August 20th. And, you know, I think he might be in front of a green screen, but regardless, right from the get-go, there's something weird about Biden's just mouth. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it. Like, I wa you've seen, you know, fake, uh, deep fake videos. I've seen them and they're getting yeah. pretty good. You know, they're getting pretty yeah. good with it. Uh, a couple of things that came to my attention in terms of the weirdness of this. First off, um, if they're going to do this, if they're going to broadcast this, why not do it in 4k? Why is it at 10, 1080p that, you know, this is like a national, you mean the, uh, the DNC was, was in 1080p. Yeah. 1080p, huh. which is a much lower resolution than the available 4k, which I think is a, a better, a better situation for yeah, and any, if kind any of, event is worth the, uh, you know, paying an extra couple bucks for the bandwidth to, <laughs> to broadcast in 4k, it would be the DNC. Yeah. And then you just watch certain sections and there's something about Biden's mouth, hairy legs, hairy legs, Biden, that yeah. doesn't look right. And I, you know, there's a, I, I was telling you, I was giving you some timestamps before the episode here, but, uh, I don't know, man. I get the feeling that uh, based on the ability to deep fake and the ability to do augmented realities, it's very possible that they used some of this technology to patch up and clean up Biden's speech. Yeah, and, yeah uh, you know, in, it's just because it's part of our job. Both of us have, but uh, I also, as being part of both of us, have spent a lot <laughs> <what>? of time. <laughs> what does that mean? Look, That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of time looking at uh, deep fake and, you know, deep fake creation videos um, and comparison videos to try to be able to spot these deep fakes with the naked eye. And so, we, you know, we have some experience in trying to, you know, really dig into this sort of thing. Now, there's a lot of ways to hide um, the the forensic markers of deep fakes. So, you know, if, if it's going through enough channels and being broadcast through enough levels, uh, you know, between the the original broadcast and the the deep fake, you know, it gets harder and harder to spot on occasion. But yeah, you know, I thought you'd really gone off the deep end with some tinfoil hat stuff here. But you do when you watch that Biden speech. There are some pretty crazy things that his face does. <laughs> and a lot of it is like you can almost chalk up to just like weird politician, uh, you know, performance. Um, but the, there's some 
spots like when he's talking and then suddenly goes into a smile or something like that. It just looks odd. There's definitely an uncanny valley. Now, that might be just because, you know, maybe he's gotten some work done or, uh, you know, maybe he's just a robot. Who knows? Um, <laughs> maybe he's a robot. I didn't maybe, go down. <laughs> you know, maybe he's a lizard person and his human skin suit is, uh, you know, not fitting like it used to, but whatever the case may be, there is definitely some weird little phenomenons uh, going on in, in the speech you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I, the, the news about Microsoft releasing this, uh, this technology, the detection technology, uh, I don't know, man. There's something, um, my conspiratorial brain gets all, it's all tingly when I think about that, because you know, why not give this technology to the outlets and the news agencies that would, you know, that would be the quote unquote authority on these things. And, uh, you know, for, for them to be able to hide the fact that with certain speeches with Biden, they had to, uh, you know, deep fake some of his stuff to, Make sure he doesn't. Uh, doesn't I mean, say it wouldn't. Crazy it wouldn't be that surprising to, you know, even if they came out and said it outright, it would not be very surprising. Oh my gosh! So, Gons, I've been checking the uh, the Twitch category list for like the last the well the entire show. Yeah, waiting to see where we show up on the category list. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the entire show, I've been checking back and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and we just weren't showing up. We weren't showing up anywhere. I was like, oh, we have definitely been banned or, or shadow banned or something. Uh, it just turns out I was in the wrong category. But oh. happy to say we are, again, for the third episode in a row, number one on All the right. talk shows and podcast category. Fun. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's. I think it's based uh, on the number of chatters on our Twitch channel, right? If I'm not mistaken. It has something to do with that. I think that the true algos are hidden, but whatever we're doing, it's working. Yeah. So there's but a regarding real quick yeah. regarding what you just said about releasing the detection technology. Uh, you know, it, it seems like an attempt at uh, transparency, but the problem is, you know, you can build into these technologies you know, to be able to detect certain things, or if you make the detection uh, software freely available, somebody can reverse engineer it and, uh, you know, make sure to uh, avoid those markers when creating um, deep face detection stuff. So did you say that they released it specifically to like the democratic party or who it did wasn't you say? Mainstream, it, yeah. mainstream news outlets? Yeah. It was like New York times and, and yeah. uh, what was the other outlet here? Let me let me pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah, BBC and New York Times. I mean, come on, those are like <laughs> those are like the two. Uh, you know, if you want to call it fake news platforms, one of the bigger ones, anyway. Um, yeah, why not just give it to people that uh, like you know your common citizen? Give it to the world. Yeah, give it to the why, world. Not not these platforms. Why would platforms. you again centralize the ability to spot fakes? Why not give that to everybody? Why not make it a feature of the iPhone so anybody watching, uh, you know, any video can detect if it's a deep fake or not? Why put a gatekeeper between uh, this knowledge and the people? That it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so there's another headline here from yesterday, fortune.com. Why American Express is trying technology that makes deep fake videos look real. 
American Ooh. Express. Why is American Express? <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> All right, let me read it real quick. American Express is testing technology that is best known for helping create deep fake videos, realistic clips of people saying things they never really said to fight financial fraud. That's why they want to fight oh, financial what? fraud. Oh, like phishing scams? Or I don't something? know. In this case, the company is creating fake financial data like credit card transactions that it can feed into machine learning algorithms to better help them spot credit card scams and other problems. The goal is to more quickly alert customers that their accounts have been compromised before criminals have a chance to go on uh, spending fees or sprees. Sorry, go on spending sprees. At the heart of American Express's research is the AI technology known as Generative Adversarial Networks, or GANs, or G GANs, mm -hmm. GANs, yeah. uh, GANs, which are used to create deepfake videos. In recent years, the technology has improved to the point that it can help create convincing video clips that fool viewers. And um, yeah, there's a video here, and it has like Obama talking with like a deepfake, mm -hmm. and it looks it's a classic. Yeah, like a classic one, but it it's definitely it's it's not like super obvious, but there's something about it that's a little off, you know? You can just tell well, looking at it. That's that's exactly the thing. I mean, when you spend enough time when you tr really try to train your eye to spot these deep fakes, which you can do, um you re it's kind of hard to put into words. It's like the, uh, but you can just tell that, like I said, it's the uncanny valley. Yeah. Like it doesn't quite work in like your brain can spot it without even be, being able to articulate it with language. And uh, that's what you get when you watch this, the, uh, the Obama video you're talking yeah, about. That's what I'm but saying. But you also, that's what I got when watching the Biden speech is yeah. like, I see it. And it looks real. There's just something in my brain that is like not quite lining up or lining this up with reality. It's very it's, strange. It, it is. It's the same feeling. And that's, that's the only reason why I brought it up because I, I had the same reaction as you when I saw people messaging me, uh, Bart yeah. Sebrell, among others, messaging me saying like, hey, you got to check this out. You know, deep fake. Biden's a deep fake. He probably had a stroke and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then. Uh, yeah, you look at the the speech, and yeah, you definitely see a weird, weird few moments where you have that same like, oh, that definitely looks like a deep fake. Yeah, so, I, I still am very skeptical about this whole thing about uh, you know releasing the deep fake detection to news channels and not making it available to the common person. Yeah, you know, you're the whole point is to help people decide what they're watching is real or not i just don't see what their downside could be to releasing it to uh the public except for you know wanting to keep the the gatekeepers of information uh which you know whether you're on the left or the right there's a lot of skepticism of um of the of the news media in general on on both sides um, so it seems like the, the, <laughs> the best thing they could do for humanity is just release it. But of course they're not going to do that because they're not worried about humanity in any sort, sort of truthful sense. Oh yeah. They're reptiles, Basil. Oh my god! Did you hear about this? They're serpents in human Did, skin. You hear about this? You hear, you hear about this? this? You hear about this? <laughs> All right. So, uh, I mean, not much more to, to talk about that other than go watch the Joe Biden speech, uh, do it without sound. I mean, you can, you can sort of do it with the sound as well, but um, I did it without sound just to kind of get a feel. And, and I definitely ha had some questions. Uh, yeah. Again, 
why not in 4K? Why 1080p? Which kind of makes sense if you're making a deep fake. Right. <laughs> a lot more processing power required to uh, to do it in 4K than 1080p. Uh, and then just certain moments uh, that just make you question. And, you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be like a crazy full-on deep fake. They could have totally used uh, Biden. You know, Biden could have actually done his speech. But, you know, uh, in the back room, they were probably like, ah, let's let's just touch him up a little bit. Kind of like, you know, Photoshop's touch up photos. They might have done yeah. something like that to, uh, you know, fix certain lines or sentences. And, and uh, you were mentioning how what about the flub uh, or any kind of moment he misspeaks or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if there was any moments in the actual DNC speech where he really flubs it really bad. But mm-hmm. but I was making mention how. You know, as a as a media person, you know, you you get uh, I've got had a lot I've had a lot of experience editing video, editing uh, photos and things like that. There's only so much you can do in an allotted time, especially with something mm-hmm. like this, where it's like it could be raw footage of somebody. Right. There's only so much you can do to fix things. So, you, you know, it's a good point of skepticism to suggest like, oh, why didn't they just make it like perfect for him? Like, why didn't they make him perfect? Um, but we'll see. I mean, uh, I think the debates, if there is a debate will be, uh, the most telling, uh, moment. If, uh, if this, if there's any, you know, credence to this type of theory, uh, if they roll out, you know, Trump on one side of the stage and one of those like robots with a screen on the other side, (laughs) that would be perfect Biden from the basement, quote unquote. Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) On one of those little rolly robots with an iPad for a face. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Biden Biden standing at a, (laughs) standing at a podium. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Do you remember uh, in the debates with Hillary, how, you know, he was kind of lurking around in the background and everybody was all freaked out about it. Yeah. I can just imagine uh, Trump lurking <laughs> around back behind an iPad with Joe Biden's face at or the, the Or the opposite, you know, yeah, Trump's talking and then the, the iPad. Rolling behind him. Joe Biden iPad face kind of creeping up behind him. Creeping up, sniffing his hair. All right. Okay. I think that's, that's enough of <laughs> Joe Biden. Uh, All right. Um, uh, there's a lot of people, <laughs> both... Well, mainly in chat right now, they really want us to talk about David Blaine. Oh, the <laughs> no ascension thing. No idea what they're talking about. Uh, I yes, do, I do. It's the it's the ascension. David. Yeah, I'm watching him float above a desert with a bunch of balloons, like yeah. uh, Up, the Disney movie Up. Yeah, it's... and the headline is: Watch David Blaine uses balloons to fly nearly twenty five thousand feet over Arizona. What? input could i possibly have to this it's just a man holding on to balloons he called it ascension uh it's Uh one of his um his latest i think it's been like 10 years since his last stunt thing and um, i did watch a short thing of him how much he had to train and stuff for this which is pretty crazy i think he had to make like 500 jumps out of airplanes to get certain licenses and and um you know there's dangers because if the balloon po- i don't know I, I don't i don't know if he's it, did he actually do it is it over yeah i'm looking at him he's floating with a bunch of balloons in the sky okay there you go good job david okay yeah i don't know i'll look into it i don't know exactly what I think- uh, there is to find but maybe just the sort of occult nature of ascension ascension yeah well i mean there's a biblical one too but i think yeah well, of I course think in this case it's more of a 
Um, he's not even holding on to the balloons. He's all strapped in. What is the magic here, David Blaine? I mean, he did fly 25,000 feet with balloons. That's kind of gnarly. I guess it can be hard to breathe up there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's take a quick break and get back into it, Gans. Let's do it. It's Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Thank some producers, thank some new Twitch followers, stuff like that. But don't go anywhere because after the break is our uh, our main headline story, AI Jesus. You're going to want to hear that. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about some new DARPA projects or some weird DARPA projects, at least. And then a little, uh, little check in on the aliens, see how we're doing. Like I said, old school canary cry news talk today. Um, so stick around because after the break, lots of important stuff you're going to want to get. But before that, Gons, I think uh, we should... Well, first I'll give a little update. Okay. I will say I was expecting uh, when I... Now, it might be because of the low numbers today, but I was expecting when I announce my my Twitter request on the show to get a little bit more uh, of a response than I have. I've gotten three followers since the beginning of the show. Come on, folks, help me out here, please. If not you everyone Twitter, has followed me. That's a good point. I have, did not have one for a very long time. But if you are on Twitter, follow me at uh, at Basil underscore Rosewater. Follow me there. I need your help to become a mech pilot. Um, but I also want to thank uh, some of our Twitch followers. Are you ready, Gons? Ready. Okay, reloading the page. See if there's any new ones. And here we go. I like to thank the Twitch followers who follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. As uh, as we're seeing today, uh, YouTube is not letting everybody know that we're doing a show. Um, so it's very important to follow us on multiple outlets. And twitch.tv slash canarycryradio is a great one. Turn on notifications so you know when a show goes live. Uh, but today, I would... Oh, and of course, my entire V. VR headset uh, goes completely wonky right before I need to read something. So I'm just going to take a quick second and uh, get this all back here. There we go. There we go. Okay, here we go. I'm back in the matrix. Uh, thank you, Coolulu777. Cool. Wit, wit, wit rules. A uh, stupid face with a five for an S and a PH for the face. <laughs> creative boogerman prime <laughs> shendrix 05 sarah sadler rhyme skill all right or rhymes kill Ooh, who knows walk what the heck okay i think this is like a randomly generated name you know if you can't think of one walk cabbage <laughs> jennifer a downer Yoki makes three plate eight three plate uh exena and that is it those are all of our new twitch followers thank you guys so so much for the follow over on twitch helps us out quite a bit and we finally hit 2000 followers uh so that's uh, that's a pleasant fact awesome 
Love it. Yes. What comes next? My, why is my brain so slow today? I don't know. Um, next up, we want to thank some producers. What does that mean? We are on the value for value model, which means we have eschewed the trap of uh, advertising where, you know, if you take advertising dollars, you are now subject to uh, become brand friendly, which means you got to watch what you say, watch what you report on. You got to toe the party line or else you lose those advertising dollars. This has been a, an integrity problem for uh, online media creation for quite a while now. It's part of the reason why, uh, you know, things are so crazy in our opinion. And it incentivizes uh, people like you and I, Gons, to consider our listeners not human beings, but uh, numbers, cattle, crops, commodities to be increased at all costs and then turned around and sold to corporations for our own personal gain. And we just don't believe that that's the right way to go. Call me crazy, Gons, but, um, you know, I like to think of our listeners as human beings. And so uh, because that is the case, we run on the value for value model, which means if you get any value out of what we do, we continue to do it three times a week. And, uh, you know, we, we do pretty good. We're at the top of the list on Twitch. I'm pretty happy about about that. Uh, so if you get any value out of what we do, you have the opportunity to put some value back in. Now, here's the thing. I realize it's a pain in the butt. I realize we're not used to paying uh, a, you know, anybody on YouTube or um, the internet who makes any sort of content. You know, we, I get it. It kind of feels like we shouldn't pay for that stuff. Um, but that's exactly what has led to the situation that we're in where, uh, you know, the YouTube has the power to uh, basically ruin people's livelihoods and uh, people being stifled or demonetized or whatever, because what they're saying is not brand safe. Um, so, you know, if you, it's really a revolution, it's a rebellion against the current uh, state of the world, the, the theology of the world, uh, where, you know, you get enough eyeballs and then you can pay your bills. Well, you know, we get, we get eyeballs. We got a, we, we got a good amount of eyeballs, but we don't rely on uh, big corporations to pay our bills. Instead, uh, people who value the show come in. And uh, support the show either on a monthly basis or one-time donations. And that makes them a producer. They are a producer of the show because this is the real real world, baby. You pay to make a piece of media, then uh, you get to call yourself a producer. And we're very grateful for our producers. You can put it on your LinkedIn, put it on your resume. We will back you up if anybody calls and asks or emails us and asks. We will, uh, we will confirm that for you. So... There you go. Uh, and there's a few ways to support the show, become a producer. One of them is uh, patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. And we got a new producer and their name is Josh. Thank you very much, Josh. Josh. Appreciate it. Our one and only Patreon uh, slash CCNT producer. We also have patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio, which is a great alternative. And uh, we had Antonio and Manenga. Mane Am I saying that right? Manenga. So. Yeah. Manenga. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. All three of those new producers. You guys are the best. And the chatters 
they thank you for it. Uh, now, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. We understand. A lot of reasons not to like Patreon. We also have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support uh, is... Uh, is, is another place, a better place to support us. We've got PayPal options uh, with monthly uh, models, or if commitment is not your thing, you can make a one-time uh, support amount in any amount that you wish. And Gons, who do we have coming in on PayPal? Some of these came in last episode because we were very sad that there were no supporter or no producers in our last episode. It was uh, sad. It was, but we did get them in, so we wanted to thank them here properly. May, thank you, May, producer May, came in with three dollars and thirty-three cents. So there's thank you, May. There's the Ooh, thirty-three. Thirty-three club. Okay, cool. Uh, also, Nicole coming in as a producer. Nicole. Uh, and Stephen, thank you, Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> well timed. Thank you very well much, Stephen. And we also have Jason came in very generous. Wow, Jason. Thank you very much. PayPal popping off this week. Yeah, and Nina. Thank you. Nina. Nina. Thank you very much, Nina. And a special thank you to all the people who have recurring support. Uh, we will not mention your names here, but you know who you are. Uh, again, thank you for your producership. And uh, no knighthood today. Uh, we do have a couple jingles to play. Oh, great. Yeah, and, so um, this is another way to become a producer of the show. If financially is not uh, in the cards for you, we also uh, you know, give producerships for creating jingles. I mean, that's, that's real-world stuff. If you create a piece of media that gets played on a show, you're a producer. So we got some jingles and art sent in, I think. What do we got, Gons? Uh, yeah, first, we have a... Before... Hold on. Ah, come on. Computer. Computer. We have uh, Jezreel created a Baz Boys What You Gonza Do. <laughs> Baz Boys What You Gonza Do. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> oh, that's loud. Baz. Baz. Guns. Guns. <laughs> very good that's yes. fun i like it we might need to cut off uh the, the sirens but we can keep it short i like it i love it thank you very so much Je for that has jezreel sent that jezreel i think yeah cool uh we also got a song from kellen we got a whole song finally Whoa. somebody put together a song thank you kellen yeah we'll uh play that We'll play the full thing at the end of the show for the Canary Cry mixtape. If this is your first time watching the show, watch it all the way through. Because at the end, we've got uh, some cool Canary Cry themed songs. And they are serious bops, man. Yeah. Uh, we got some talented musician producers. Yeah. So looking forward, look forward to that at the end of the show. Should we play a few seconds of it? Yeah, do it. Do a few seconds. Just pop it in there okay, somewhere. Okay. So here's a few seconds. Okay, some like some dream pop. Yeah, there's words to this. 
There's words to this. Promise. Yeah, and you guys can Very hear the rest cool. of it at the yeah. end. There's a good hook. It's a good song. Good I lyrics. Like it. Uh, googly eyes reference. Oh yeah, all sorts of references. He he, or Kellen. I'm assuming it's a, a man. I don't know, maybe a woman. Uh, whoever you are, Kellen. Uh, really good. I loved listening through the exactly what we're looking for. Just Canary Cry themed all the way through. Yep. Uh, lots of references for longtime listeners. You're gonna love it. Um, also, at the end of the show, we're going to be playing a song uh, that we did, Guns. Yeah, we... Uh, I forgot about this thing. <laughs> a while ago, we, we had Dr. Future as our guest on Canary Cry Radio. And mm -hmm. for the honors, we, uh, we actually covered the song that they used to play as their intro. It's called The Shape of Things to Come. And uh, should we play a few... I mean, and you and I sing on yeah. this. I mean, I, I'm on guitar. I I, this is uh, a whole thing. Yeah, we did a whole thing here. I'll play. I'll play a few seconds of it here. Let's uh, go loud. the rest of it at the end of the show but yeah that's basil on the vokes i love it yeah i love it i forgot about that and then i i, I go into like a uh what is it like a <laughs> who did uh <laughs> uh shoot love shack who did love shack <laughs> i can't remember b52s yeah yeah I, I go into like a b52s voice at the end of the song <laughs> <laughs> it's I know. awesome. All yeah. right. We'll play that all at the uh, end of the show for the Canary Cry mixtape at the end. Um, thank you very much. All of our B53s producers. Or B-52s. I don't know. I think it's the B-52s. Yeah, I thought so like too. the airplane. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. What else we got? We also have some art. One art, please. <laughs> and uh, per usual, we have Allie. Allie drew something that uh, will make your dreams come true, Basil. You, uh, she's helping you visualize your uh, your future. Oh, I appreciate that. And this is a uh, it's called ba uh, Baz Baz's or sorry Basil's birthday present. Ooh! And it is uh, it's literally your uh, uh, I, I keep forgetting the name of the machine, the giant mech that you want to prosthesis. Run. The prosthesis, yes. Um, she drew it with uh, I think that's Monty in there, but maybe that's you too. And um, let me see. I'm trying to get it, it to fit in the thing. Ah, come on. Oh. <laughs> Streamlabs OBS is so horrible at Allie Gazelin Bonds in the chat. Thank you very much. I don't think I've seen Allie in the chat today, so she might not be on live, uh, but very prolific artist, Canary Cry artist. Oh, there it is. It popped up. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, that is a complex robot. Uh, like we mentioned, Prosthesis is kind of a, a four-legged robot, a mix between an elephant, a gorilla, and a spider. Um, 
with, uh, you know, presenting the pilot who sort of uh, hovers in the middle of the whole thing, controlling it. And she did a great rendering of the prosthesis uh, robot with a cat in the pilot seat. Loving it. And a little kitty down on the ground to the right who's uh, asking when my birthday is. So I like that. On a, on a, uh, on a phone, like one of those. On a phone, using a landline. Land I can't use. I'm a, I'm, so Allie, I believe, is in her teen years, her, her early teen years. So that's impressive that, uh, you know, she even has the reference for the landline yeah. phone. Uh, Throwback. Know, such a relic. Yeah, she's retro. Um, so very good, Allie. Always nice very job, good. Allie. And yes, that is a dream come true. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at this, getting excited as we just even as we look at it. I'll print it out for um, you so you can put it on your wall. My birthday is sorry, what? I said I'll print it out for you so you can put it on your wall, you know, on your mirror Thank in you. your bathroom. Thank you. Yes, I need to visualize. Um birthday is October twenty fifth. Oh, so it's coming up. Coming up, yeah, in about a month. So there you go. Uh-oh. All I need is 13 grand for my <laughs> birthday so I can get my uh, mech pilot training from Prosthesis Racing Mechs. You know, uh, All right. my, uh, my son, who's going to be born next month, is due right around oh the gosh, end of October. Already? Yeah, the end of October. So I, I would be troubled if he's born on your birthday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What, what, uh, do you know when in October, what's the due, due date? date is the 30th, but you know how that goes. Oh, okay. yeah. It <laughs> could come a little early. Oh my gosh. That'll be great. Yeah. That'll be all right. Gons. Well, shall we move forward? Is there anything we have left one more. for us? Yes. We oh my God. One more piece of art. Uh, okay. she, Jay Vela got one in right before, uh, moving oh. on here. And this is great. the, uh, hold on. I, I, let me pull up the email to reference the name of this piece of art uh the writings on the wall illegal church gathering um report all non-vaxxers and why does the heathen range and you have a a a person uh spray painting the canary cry logo on a brick wall a couple angels sitting up there and then there's uh riots cars burning on the top left uh the the hooded Omnis hooded uh, individuals uh, yes. arresting people at church. Uh, you know what? I'll give this. I'll give this to Jay Vela. I mean, there's a lot of things to give Jay Vela. I love the art that comes in. Always very good. Always very, uh, you know, Denver airport esque. Um, very consistent on the uh, the characters yeah. that appear. That you know the the evil robed gas mask figures. Uh, very consistent in their rendering. Very impressive. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Jay Vela. Thank you for all the artists out there and musicians who contribute to the show. You guys are producers of the show. You contribute great amount of value for us, and uh, we appreciate that. So thank you to all of you out there. And uh, anything else, Basil, before we wake up? I think I'm ready to wake up, Gons. Come on, Jingle Maker. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okie dokie. So now to our headline here, express.co.uk. And the headline is, AI Jesus, Bible-inspired machine makes eerie doomsday prophecies of the end of days. Artificial intelligence. It's got to be biblical. 
That's right. Wow, what a great couple of uh, things there. Here we go. The artificial Messiah has penned about 60,000 words of prophecy that are eerily reminiscent of the real deal. I like how they call it the real deal. Yeah, the real deal. That was nice. AI Jesus is the creation of engineer George Davila Durendal, who has dubbed the algorithm a, quote, clone of Jesus. Oh, perfect. The artificial intelligence was instructed to read the King James Version of the Bible, learning in the process how to construct convincing scripture-like prophecies. Dr. Durendal likened it to, quote, locking a baby in a room with nothing but a Bible for 15 years. Oh, wow. Uh, he <laughs> he said, quote, dramatic. Yeah, you then open up the room 15 years later and find that it's learned to read, speak, and write using nothing but the Bible. The engineer then told his AI to pen prophecies on the topics of the plague, Caesar, and the end of days. And since he revealed his creation to the world, AI Jesus has penned more prophecies about blood, Greeks, and wisdom. That sounds about right. The engineer said, quote, In these days of trials and tribulations, many have turned to religion. Uh, But what religion is left for those who have averted their gaze from the fables of old to the shiny metal toys of today? I present you, A.I. Jesus, an artificial intelligence of my invention created from the King James Bible and nothing else. A.I. Jesus learned from the Bible using a so-called Botsmanian natural language processing model, and the results speak for themselves with passages that could be mistaken at first glance glance as real New Testament prophecy. One text reads, quote, the plague shall be the fathers in the world, and the same is my people, that he may be more abundant in the mouth of the Lord of hosts. Huh. Okay. <laughs> For the tabernacle of the Lord shall be known by the works of the Lord, which proclaim against this city, according as he hath sent me to the marriage of the Spirit. In another prophecy, A.I. Jesus wrote, The Lord shall be the things that are in the midst of the sea, so shall ye say unto thee, Wherefore do I not forgive the law of the Lord, that they might be fulfilled which was before the Lord. I'm having a hard time following these. We're not smart enough for A.I. Jesus. (laughs) I'm not quite following, but it does sound adjacent uh to correct okay moving on quote and they shall be a st- uh, they bel- <laughs> they shall be a establish you all the way of the lord thy god which hath promised the lord jesus and he will be with him and the lord said unto moses what is this that thou hast seen it that thou mayest know that i am the lord okay that one's vague enough uh, so there you go, Gons. AI Jesus is here. Image. What do you think? Is this the 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 image? Oh, it could of be the beast. It could be a precursor. But uh, the article goes on, uh, and although some of the verses do not flow as naturally as real scripture, they demonstrate the power of language learning AI. Mr. Durandal, I thought it was Doctor Durandal, said, "Quote: This orderliness, randomness trade-off is one characteristic of AI language models." You can have a more interesting model that takes artistic liberties and produces some glitches, or you can have more mundane, more technically proficient writing, but not both. But Mm. AI Jesus is not the first time engineers have attempted to create convincing works of art through mechanical learning. 
uh, IBM Watson, Beat, Eric Borgos, uh, uh, Lyric Generator. We've kind of covered some of these other ones that, uh, that they mention here. Yeah, they just sort of mention other AI things, but that's not as interesting as this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. This article did go on, but there were so many advertisements between I know uh, I know yeah where I ended and where it picked up again I thought surely this is not the same article but you know um one of the things that's interesting is that in in a biblical definition of an antichrist you know not not the man of sin per se but just like the antichrist spirit this has to be Right up there, you know, because the premise of the guy who created it is, is saying like, oh, we've gotten rid of all the fables, you know, and uh, yeah. one of the ways to test uh, the spirits in the Bible in first John, it says, you know, test the spirits. If they admit that Jesus came in the flesh, then they are from God. If they didn't, then they're the spirit of Antichrist. So mm-hmm. based on the biblical definition of the spirit of Antichrist, this falls into that category. I don't know if he you know, knew that or not, but uh, so there's that. Uh, but then just, you know, in, in just in a straight uh, definition of an antichrist or an instead of Christ or instead of Jesus, this right. also falls into that category. If you're creating an artificial intelligence, it's a counterfeit Jesus. And, um, you know, I yeah. think this is just the beginning of stuff like this. I think they're going to keep doing uh, religious type of things or, or, or things that mix yeah. religion with technology to well, not just appeal. And that's been... That's been the milieu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Sorry course. to interrupt. Finish no, your no, thought no. there. Well, I was just going to say, uh, until it, because we've already seen people worshiping AI, you know, in Silicon Valley and stuff. So Yeah, the church of AI. Yeah. They, uh, you know, talking about how uh, if God is real, you know, he'll be an AI that right. we create. Right. So. And you have the, the robotic monks in. Uh, yeah. The robotic Buddhist monks in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So it's already moving in that direction. But when it comes specifically to the Bible and using nothing but the Bible to come up with these things, I mean, you know, if you're going to use AI power to do anything with the Bible, you know, there's probably better ways or more useful ways to do that for like Bible studies, not, you know, create his own Jesus. But, you know, these guys don't have any limits here. But um, yeah, I would say this is just the beginning of stuff like this. And we're probably going to see a lot more that uh, at a certain point could garner its own movement of sorts, uh, own churches where like, Oh, I don't really, you know, I don't really believe in the Bible, but the AI Bible or AI Jesus, you know, really gives me some practical advice on things. And so I go to the temple of the AI Jesus Bible. And yeah, uh, I could always see a I can also see a world in which, you know, the AI Jesus prophecies are sort of just floated out there. Oh yeah. And people sort of take it as, you know, a a real Jesus thing, you know, and now that you've yeah. got like a re- replacement uh gospel or something that people may not even know is a replacement. Well, you know we t- we I personally, I don't necessarily buy all the claims of the Mandala effect, you know, saying like certain things have changed in the Bible and stuff. Uh, But as time goes on and as information becomes, as we drown in a sea of information uh, with the internet and machines and AI and all this kind of stuff, I can see easily, especially as more translations of the Bible come out, uh, that that kind of thing could take place, you know, where, um, because in the near future, I'm, I'm making a prediction here, not, not a prophecy, just a prediction. 
uh, carnal prediction here, human, not, not anything inspired. I think they're going to make an AI translation version of the Bible uh, coming oh, maybe in our lifetime where they take yeah. all the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, uh, you know, documents that we have available and the AI will determine the best English rendering or whatever language rendering of it. And I, I think we'll see that in our lifetime at some point. I'm surprised we haven't seen that already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is bizarre. Yeah. I'm, I'm, maybe somebody's already working on it, but when that happens, then you have the situation where like, Hey, uh, you know, this translation or the AI translated like this, and you can't, you can't argue with the AI translation. It's yeah, much more accurate. Trust, yeah, yeah. As the trust and accuracy of AI increases, right? you know, and, and even just the social pressure to, to accept, you know, AI as a, 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 an authority in some ways. I mean, in some ways, AI is already considered the authority in, in many different aspects of of knowledge and information and right. uh yeah wow so ai translation i think saul to paul uh, in the chat there mentioned anyone know which scriptures those are something about giving voice to the image that's revelation 13 i'll yeah. pull it up here real quick we've talked about it many many times on this channel uh, yeah we'll talk about giving mentioning. voice to the image that's, i mean this, I know. <laughs> this is a perfect fit I know yeah, it's bu crazy bust that out okay so it says uh the second beast was permitted to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all those who refuse to worship it to be killed. So wow. yes, it's, yeah, it's a passage a voice, slap a voice mod on this sucker. And there you go. Well, not just that, but giving, and then, you know, again, points that I've mentioned many times, but uh, uh, giving breath uh, to an inanimate object, you know, God giving breath to dust created man. Right. And now the second beast gives breath to the image so that it speaks. I don't know what's, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about John on the island of Patmos, seeing robots or like AI robots, you know, uh, well, maybe that's how like the exact way. That's what that? I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly how you describe it. Like, oh, it gives, you know, an image breath and the image speaks. Sounds you know, like robots to me. Interesting too, because image you know, you think of uh, like a physical object in the world, like uh, let's just say this isn't our currently held belief, but just for the sake of conversation, if you're going to call the image like a robot or an android right. or like Sophia or something, that's sort of an esoteric translation for image. But something even closer for image as we understand it would be like something on a computer screen, like an actual image, an image not yeah. the real, not <laughs> yeah. the real thing, an actual image on a screen. And that's exactly what this Jesus AI is well, or, or could be easier than, you know, becoming an android is uh, uh, like a replica. Remember we reported on replica where it's a, a highly photorealistic chatbot friend that right. you can, uh, you know, sign up and it learns your behaviors and preferences and you can just sit there and talk to this human-like image on the screen. And uh, all you got to do is hook up Jesus, AI Jesus to a sort of replica uh, avatar on your computer screen and booyah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and you, you think about the worldview of the, the ancient Hebrews when they, or, or some of the, the, um, uh, the pagan, uh, those who fell by the pagan worship of idols and images, 
know, they truly believed that in those images and idols, they, you know, by, uh, uh, by worshiping these entities that they will inhabit those idols or those images. Yeah. And right. so, you, you know, you, you, you're really starting to cross the line between or blur the line between like, Oh, just an artificial intelligent machine and giving demons a way to communicate openly in, in our world, you know? Right. So, right. You know, that it gets pretty in the weeds there, but I think when we, uh, when we look at all the things, at least for me, when I look at all the stuff that we've been studying, this type of story is, uh, you know, just uh, makes a lot of sense in where we are today and not surprised whatsoever. But I think it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's a little more concerning that they're, you know, it's, it's spitting out prophecies and that's when, uh, you start really talking about an image that speaks and you can get killed if you don't obey it or worship it. Um, right. That, you know, especially it's, when it's telling you to get the vaccine. There AI Jesus. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. AI Jesus said get the vaccine. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good wow. Point. Well, I gotta say, I mean, we've explored, uh, many theories on what that looks like, what the image of the beast could be. And uh, if we're looking for a sort of a, a literal, I don't, I don't even know. Prototype. Theoretic, yeah. A literal prototype. That That's about as close as we've come so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, I just want to give a shout out to Chris White who uh, followed me on Twitter. Hey. Yeah. So there, there we go. go. I'm in the, I'm, I'm, I've did it. I made it. You made it. You're done. Yeah. You don't need any I was, more. I was excited when I saw that. So uh, he listens to the show. So what's up, Chris White? Thanks for the follow buddy. Um, okay. There we go. Right. Anything else on this? What I do you think? think that's it. I think we can go through some of these, uh, these uh, weird DARPA projects. Illuminatus! This is uh, airforcetimes.com. Eight weird DARPA projects that make science fiction seem like real life. Mm. What have I been saying, Basil? Science fiction is a documentary. Uh, it really is at this point. Yeah. The agency responsible for the internet, GPS, and stealth aircraft has produced a whole lot of weird in the 62 years since its foundation. For every one of the Defense Advanced Research Project's agency's wild successes, there seems to be a plethora of wild failures, projects like mechanical elephants or telepathy research. I, I don't know much about the mechanical elephants. I'd like to know more. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> and the telepathy research uh, only failed uh, according to the public documentation or documentation made public. What makes DARPA so unique is its ability to go outside the red tape of bureaucracy to innovate. DARPA isn't subject to the same acquisition rules as other agencies, which means it has fewer restrictions on the scientists and innovators it can hire and the salaries it can offer. Black budget. The agency also has fewer financial limitations, enabling it to invest in long shot projects with the hopes they'll pay off. They're basically the military's innovative venture capitalists, the uh, military industrial complex. Here are some of the more interesting projects to come out of DARPA's high risk, high reward environment. Now, Basil, I don't want to read through the entire article, so okay. I'll list the name of the thing that they're building and let me know if you want me to read more from it. Okay. Okay. So number one, plant eating robots. Yeah, yeah, hey, your name. We've, we've covered that. Yeah, we're okay, aware we already of that. covered it. Houses that repair themselves. That's pretty interesting. I kind of, I think, I feel like I've got the full picture of that. Is there anything <laughs> off the top of your head that stands out to you? Uh, it just mentions here that the goal of DARPA's engineering living materials program is to create mm. building materials 
that can be grown where needed and repair themselves when damaged. Oh, interesting. As uh, researchers okay. make progress with 3D printing organs and tissues, DARPA hopes to use similar technologies to create hybrid materials that can shape and support the growth of engineered cells. So, wow. uh, okay. Yeah, we're going to be living inside biological whale houses. Great. Okay, this one's weird. Lab-grown blood. Oh, wow. Well, uh, that doesn't really surprise me so much. Yeah, okay. Cyborg insects. We all know. The, oh, uh, we're well, well aware of those well, cyborg yeah. insects. Covered that. Brain implants for PTSD. Hmm. We already it's Like a Neuralink that. type Neuralink. thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Robotic infantry mules. Oh, like the Boston Dynamics robots that carry uh, carry stuff for soldiers in yes. rough terrain? Yes. Yeah, wow. But you don't have to feed it water and stuff. Yeah. Nuke-propelled spaceship. Okay, this one I have not heard about. I'm pretty proud of both of us for <laughs> pretty much n- knowing and having reported on all of these before. But what's that? Tell me, tell me okay. about the nuke-propelled spaceship. DARPA also invests in researching space travel, if there is such a thing. Project Orion is a program from 1958 intended to research a new means of spaceship propulsion. This hypothetical model of propulsion relied on nuclear bomb detonations to power a craft forward and was supposedly capable of hitting astonishing speeds. However, Ooh. DARPA officials were worried about a nuclear fallout. And when nah. the partial tests ban treaty of 1963 outlawed detonations of nuclear weapons in outer space, the project was dropped. And this is a, uh, actually I knew about this because a lot of flat earthers have actually talked about this. Uh, mm. They, uh, they set off all these nukes, in uh, quote unquote space. And yeah. uh, many people have theorized that what they were trying to do was actually destroy the firmament and get through it. So, you know, nukes, nukes in space. Yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one, mechanical elephants. Of course you want to know about that, right? Yeah. Tell me okay. about the mechanical elephants. <laughs> the- Why is this on the list? <laughs> In the 1960s, DARPA began researching vehicles that would enable troops and equipment to move more freely in the dense terrain of Vietnam. Following the footsteps of Hannibal before them, DARPA researchers decided that elephants could be the right tool for the job. They began one of the most infamous projects in DARPA history, the quest for a mechanical elephant. The end result Hmm. would be capable of transporting heavy loads with servo-actuated legs. When the director that is of- <laughs> the most boring DARPA project I've ever heard of. 1960s, man. This was wild in the 60s. Wow. Yeah, you know what we can do, man? Some mechanical elephants. Uh, <laughs> when the director of DARPA heard of the project, he immediately shut it down, <laughs> hoping, <laughs> hoping that Congress wouldn't hear of it and cut the agency's funding, according to new scientists. <laughs> what an embarrassment. That's funny. I like how they called it like one of the most well-known DARPA projects and I had never heard of it before. I think I've now that I've read it, I've, I've probably come across it at some point. It does ring a bell, but yeah, nothing, not on I the like front of my mind. That's not even much different from the mules. No, basically the mules were just smaller Small DARPA versions. elephants. <laughs> I was hoping the, the DARPA elephants would do more, you know, like uh, yeah. those big, what are they called in star star Wars? Right. Those huge robots on in uh, Empire Strikes Back in the snow. Oh, that they're not robots. At ats. Oh yeah, at ats. There you go. ATATs and ATSTs, baby. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, they're they're, they're uh, manned 
machines, I guess. Also known as Imperial Walkers. Right, right. Yeah. I'm a cool Star Wars guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we have uh, one more story. and um, Was that all of them? That's all of them. That's all eight. Yep. Wow. I have a much more extensive knowledge of <laughs> DARPA projects than originally thought. Yeah. Um, uh-oh. Gosh dang it. This is happening again. Yeah. All right. You got to start it off. I got to get my world back together here. You don't know what you're looking at. What's driving that thing? It's not a space alien. Alien. It's unidentified. All right. This, uh, this Brexit thing keeps popping up. Breaking news. But, uh, okay. What is not- it? Uh, Are they doing it? Did they do know. it? I don't know. Have they Brexited? I don't know. You uh, know, one thing that's probably accounting for our low numbers today, and I think this has happened a couple times now, uh, President Trump is doing a live or was doing a live uh, just a little while ago. What? People so, want to hear Trump over our I know. It doesn't make news. any sense. <laughs> I don't get it either. Uh, don't blame him. Uh, okay, so this is UFO sighting claims worried aliens buzz U.S. military base conflict with China soon. And, Wait. you know, these stories are always out there, but uh, we don't often report it. But I thought we would report on this to wrap up the show today because okay. uh, it's a little throwback. And also, it's, there's, a, there's kind of a funny thing there at the end, which uh, you know, I'll, I'll mention it. Do you want to read it or are you, is your yeah, world back together? I'm back. Okay, I'm back. go for it. Okay, UFO sighting claims worried aliens buzz U.S. military base conflict with China soon. And there's a nice little video there we get to watch. A UFO has been spotted spying close to Newport, Virginia, according to claims made by an alien conspiracy theorist. Is this a conspiracy theorist who is an alien? Okay. (laughs) The amateur smartphone is like, yeah, I'm from (laughs) Neptune, but I don't know what this is. This is... Anyways, the amateur smartphone footage appears to show an odd anomaly hovering low in the sky. Due to the grainy grainy nature of the video, it is difficult to definitely confirm what the object is. Alien life conspiracy theorist Scott Waring took to his UFO sightings daily blog to speculate widely about his latest dubious discovery. Why is it dubious? Waring said, quote, this UFO was recorded flying over Newport, Virginia last week. There's a military base there and the eyewitness often sees Millard craft, but this surprised him. The UFO hunter proceeds to offer his reasons for suggesting why he believes this is evidence of extraterrestrial visitors and its worrying implications. He said, quote, this object in the video tilts for a few seconds and at that moment it looks like a thick disc. But then it tilts and we see it from its side looking thin. Very odd craft, old U.S. Air Force Unidentified Flying Object Study Project Blue Book reports have reported dozens of alien craft near U.S. military bases. It looks like aliens are worried and want to show the military they can do as they want, when they want, and even shut down nuclear missiles. Wow, really reading into this. For aliens... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for aliens to do this, for aliens do do this, they probably predicted that in the near future, an armed conflict with China is about to occur. This is 100% alien and proof aliens to watch <laughs> over humanity's safety. Wearing also supplies uh, what he claims is an eyewitness account of the purported sighting. 
They say, quote, I stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. The moon was out and it was daylight outside. I looked down and then back up at the moon and saw this. I have lived near military bases for over a decade. I frequently see F-22s in all matter of commercial and military aircraft. However, the object is likely in reality simply a small cloud. What? <laughs> what? Experts describe this uh, an example of pareidolia, the phenomenon of recognizing objects or patterns in unrelated objects. Pareidolia is a form of apophenia, a general term for the human tendency to seek, seek patterns in random information. U.S. Space Agency, NASA, so you know... You got to listen up. Paradelia is the psychological phenomenon where people see recognizable shapes in clouds and rocks. Uh, I don't agree with anybody in this article. <laughs> I know. That's why I picked it. Isn't it great? Uh, so first off, yeah, this dude's reading a lot into this, uh, this footage here, yeah. which uh, it, for, for listeners, you know, if you're not looking at the screen, more or less looks like some balloons. To be honest, it looks like a little clump of balloons, in my opinion. Maybe it was David Blaine floating by. <laughs> Maybe it was David Blaine. Ascension. That's the, that's the most reasonable explanation so far. Don't. It wasn't a UFO. It was just a weird goth man floating with some balloons. <laughs> weird goth man? Is that how you see David Blaine? Yeah, he's kind of gothy. I mean, yeah. he's he's grown up now, so he wears less uh, uh, eyeshadow. Eye yeah, I remember yeah. the eyeshadow days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, Basil, it's aliens. It's aliens. And <laughs> the other thing that I think is hilarious is uh, the, the sentence. However, the object is likely in reality, simply a small cloud, a small cloud. When have you ever seen a small cloud that looks it's like just that? a small cloud, Gons? It's not a big cloud. It's a small cloud. <laughs> well, the other, the other, <laughs> all right, weird. The thing, the thing also to, to note. Okay, if we're if we're gonna be if we're gonna put on our tinfoil hats here, uh, and our <laughs> our tinfoil hats in one hand, and or our, on our heads, and our Bibles in the other hand, there, uh, we uh, uh you know, Bale was known yes. to be the cloud rider, you know, and actually oh. got and and you know, Yahweh was trying to claim back that he's the only one in the clouds, but uh, but yeah, there's that reference. So you know, seeing that it's that it could be a cloud doesn't necessarily uh, negate the idea that this is some kind of intelligence floating around up there. That being said, given this footage here, um, I'm calling balloons. I think it's balloons, but, uh, you know, if you ever <laughs> want to make, uh, <laughs> it's just David Blaine's project. Um, but if you ever want to, uh, get in, get in the news, especially express.co.uk, just film anything and just say some crazy stuff about it. Yeah, we need to start making some claims, man. I know we we why ha, we we need to be featured on uh, express.co.uk. It's because we're too reasonable. Uh, they don't they put, don't put reasonable people on their platform. I want I want somebody to clip Basil's googly eyes sitting there saying because we're too reasonable, <laughs> looking at your googly eyes. That's always been our problem, Gons, is that we're just too reasonable. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's uh, okay. that'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, very good. It felt good. I like this old school thing. We got some stuff to catch up on next show, but there's always next show, you know. So there you go. Thank you so much. Remember, uh, well, let me uh, let me let me thank everybody. I, I 
I might read it out. No, I'm not going to do that. I can't take up any more administration time. But thank you to the 10 or so people who followed me on Twitter. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, follow me. I need it. I need this. I need to get the attention <laughs> of Prosthesis Racing Mech. The only way they're going to pay me attention is if I have more followers than them, yeah, which I'll, is uh, totally doable. It's totally doable. Let me see if I can tweet at them and see if uh yeah you gotta roust you gotta help me with this thing you got you have eight thousand followers that's pretty you good you know i was about to hit 10 and that's when twitter did their little purge thing and i lost about two thousand followers oh but, yikes uh, that's a lot yeah you know typical typical uh typical twitter typical youtube by the way youtube also uh uh they unsub like 300 people or something so uh that elusive two hundred sixty-four thousand is still out of reach. It's, it's my glass ceiling. Keep chasing the dragon, John. John's. <laughs> chasing the dragon, yeah. <laughs> to squash okay. it. Okay. Yeah. With my heel or his heel. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna put in my uh, put in my Twitter uh, link into the chat again, just for any latecomers. Okay. Make sure to say something. You know, follow me. Say hi. I'll say hi back. That's what I'm there for. Um, all right. I think that's it. You good for today? I'm good. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode. I especially want to thank all of our producers. Uh, you really you really helped us bounce back from the emotional black hole that is uh, <laughs> not having a single producer come in for a few days. So thank you guys so very much. Uh, we could not do the show without our producers. I mean, that's the whole thing. Uh, without the producers, the show just stops. So thank you very much. If you want to become a producer, help us out, rebel against uh, the way of this world, really live with some, I don't know, I consider it kingdom values. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too uh, theological on everybody here, but I think, um, you know, helping to continue work that you consider to be kingdom work, uh, to keep it going, that's, uh, that's exactly what we ask you people to do help us out become producers of the show we'll be giving shout outs next show which will be on monday what is that september 7th i believe um so make sure to tune Ooh. in now it is obvious is that labor day it, it is labor day uh, are you you going to the beach i don't know i might have to go might have to have a conversation trails yeah i might have to have a conversation with the pregnant you know, eight month pregnant wife about <laughs> <laughs> uh, having a show that day, but uh, we we may or may not have a show Monday. But okay, well yeah, just, we'll just let everybody know. But uh, check in now. Here's the thing: I'm telling you guys, we're we are running at about twenty percent of our usual viewership and uh, that's because most of our viewership comes from youtube and uh youtube is pretty bad at sending out notifications when we go live so you know if you're here um that's great you made it make sure to follow us on multiple platforms so you know when we are going live twitch.tv slash canary cry radio is a great one turn on notifications uh even if you don't want to watch on twitch you know get twitch and follow us it'll give you the the notifications um because yeah something funky is hope uh, is happening over on youtube which is not surprising um that's why we've been building these other platforms but there you go so make sure to do that so you get the next notification and make sure to uh you know consider us for our next show which will either be monday or wednesday next week depending on labor day plans um and pregnant wives uh but 
Remember us because we need producers. We, we, we need to keep we need the producer list to keep rolling because that's how we keep moving. So thank you very much. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash CCNT or you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. And remember, don't tune out quite yet, because after the end of the show here, we got a Canary Cry mixtape, which uh, has a great new song from Kellen, uh-huh. and and uh, also one by Gons and I, and featuring Doc Future. Yeah, uh, from Dr. Future, Future in there, yeah. It's a yeah, good, it's good, really good old reference. Good. Forgot about that. So yeah, that'll be nice for our old school listeners. You will enjoy that very much. So stick around. Um, but uh, you can also help produce the show if financially is not in the cards for you. That's totally cool. We understand it's the beginning of the month and it's just whatever. It's just everything going on. We don't blame anybody for not being able to become a financial producer. But if you want to figure out other ways, you can make jingles, you can make art, you can write songs, any type of thing like that. You just send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We'll put it on the show and name you a producer. We appreciate that very much. And another great way to help out the show is to share the show. Leave ratings and reviews. A, that'll uh, activate the algorithms. Um, We had a review come in. I'm going to be reading that on next uh, Friday's show. Um, but if you have leave a rating and or a review, uh, that's really helpful. You can do that. Uh, j- the best way to do that is to Google search or DuckDuckGo or whatever you use for searching. Search Canary Cry News Talk Apple Podcasts, and that will take you right to our Apple Podcast page um, where you can leave a rating and a review. And that's very helpful. The algorithms will tell people about the show. They, it's a, a great passive way to spread the truth. The other way is you got friends, you got family. They're all waking up, realizing that uh, the world is not what it seems. And they're looking for ways to uh, learn more without getting overwhelmed. I think Canary Cry News Talk is a great answer to that question. You just send them an episode send them this episode send them uh your favorite episode or whatever that is you just send them a link let them listen get them in the get them in the club in the family um or if you have uh, uh any other questions on how to wake them up here's what you do you'll just walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask no. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Make sure to tune in uh, next time. Keep an eye on our uh, on our social Facebook, Twitter. Make sure to follow uh, at Basil Rosewater on Twitter, and uh, you'll get notifications on when our next episode is. And remember us again by becoming a producer. Thank you so much. And that's all, folks, for this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then. Think outside the cage. It will kill. I'll give you one.